And I'm recording when you are. Okay, I gotta make a fisherman's hat. It is legit a fisherman's hat. Here we go. Okay, I'm recording. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'll go back. (laughs) Oddity Files is part of the Just What I Needed network. And we hope we're just what you needed. Oddity Files. Well, speaking of your fisherman's hat, I went and bought a Bones coffee merch, and I am a salty siren. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I, I, like, you know you've done well when you, when you just literally put your coffee covers like your coffee ground covers on a t-shirt and sell that shit (laughs) that's my favorite thing to buy right now is their merch i'm not gonna lie it's because they're (laughs) tinyurl.com slash bones coffee (laughs) their art design is fuego uh guys this is round two for nick and i and his (laughs) mullet (laughs) it's okay i've got a fake hair messy bun going on so you know i love it it's very it's very like princess leia if she was trying to be edgy you know i'm going for um alexis from schitt's creek oh that i can that works too whatever whatever you want to do i support you no matter what same you and your light bulb perfect um Guys, you're here listening to Oddity Files, the podcast. I'm Kitsy Duncan. And I'm Nick Floyd. And we are here to rock your motherfucking socks here, people. <laughs> Maybe. At least we're going to try. That's the, that's the so, hope. That's the goal. Yeah. Yeah. We're just coming out of retrograde. Got a couple more days to deal with some weird shit, which Nick and I have been because of audio issues, you know, which is always fun mm-hmm. when you're recording a podcast. And uh, yeah, it's election day for us, not for you guys. Uh, when you listen to this and when I edit this, we will know what's going on in the world. And I'm just going to leave it at that. So Perfect. what's new with you, Nick? Uh, you know, I, uh, I made a pretty difficult decision this weekend. And I was like... Ooh. Things could get crazy, and I mm-hmm. contemplated. I was like, "Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of uh, in a weird spot." I was like, "Maybe I should, maybe I should acquire a gun, just in case anything goes nuts." I was like, "I, I am behind you on this. <laughs> I hate them, but I am behind you on this." I, it, it was a, it was a moment, and I was like, "Maybe I have, I have like a, a samurai sword under my bed." I'm like, eh, "Okay, I got like an aggressive dog." You gotta samurai get close. Sword. Gotta get, gotta get. A, maybe I'll buy a firearm. And I was like, "Okay, maybe I'll do that." And so I was out. I, I went to run a couple errands, and I, I wound up at Best Buy. And while I was there, do you sell guns at Best Buy. You know what? I maybe you know there was a chance. <laughs> and I think you're going for the PS5, but <laughs> and I was wandering around, and they had the new Oculus Quest to the big fucking display. It was empty. There was not a single one left, and I was like, man, if only there was a single one left. And so I asked someone who worked at the Best Buy, I was like, hey, do you guys happen to have any in the back? And they did. And so instead of buying a gun, I bought an Oculus Quest 2. 
it was great. And you know what? It was a it, it, was, it was a worthy investment because I got home and I just put it on and I was just nothing else mattered. Somewhere else. Yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was great. It was, I'm, I'm happy with my purchase. I was like, it was around the same price I would have spent on like a pawn shop firearm. <laughs> well, you know, cause then you get framed for murder, but anyway. <laughs> but yeah, it's been great. I, it's been a great experience so far. There's one game I played that made me very motion sick. I don't get motion sick at all, but I've spent the last uh, okay. two nights in bed early, face down, trying not to vomit. But it's been great other than that. Oh. So, what are you playing? Uh, I so I got the the Walking Dead game, which was really cool. Um, it's very very right very high tech, but it did make me very motion sick. So I I I'm not playing that game anymore until I can get my bearings, my VR bearings. Can you imagine what the cast goes through? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but uh, now there's a game called Robo Recall, and it's like a quirky like 80s fever dream like robocop meets um i robot with will smith and you just literally just blasting these robots and you can grab them and like rip their heads off it's very fun oh dang yeah um for those of you listening i'm trying something new because um, one of our podcast partners is chewy and um i'm letting the dogs in the office tonight as a podcast so if you hear heavy breathing it's not me i swear to god it's the dogs (laughs) running in and out of here tinyurl.com of slash of chewy um so chris and i have a couple vr things i don't think it's oculus it's like some other brand and we haven't had them out in a hot minute however i think there's a ghost hunting game oh yeah there was like three or four there's like escape room stuff it's the options are endless yeah, when we got it it was fairly new and you could like either shoot zombies or there was this one game where you went through this haunted house, and I didn't even get past the first level. I was crawling on the floor, crying in the fetal position. Yes, I'm a badass, except for VR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's magical. I mean, I, I I had friends tell me about it, and I was like, eh, maybe one day. Today, yeah. this was that day. <laughs> it was the day. It was the day. Yeah. I'm happy for you. That's exciting. Nothing will take you out of reality like virtual reality. That sounded so dumb. Exactly. <laughs> you hit the nail on the head. It's very, it's, yeah, it's, and they have the new thing now where you can put the controllers down and you can use your hands like Tom Cruise and Minority Port so you can like open the internet and type in. I saw your fiance <laughs> post a video of you doing that. It's the craziest thing. <laughs> Technology is just leaps and bounds uh, above what we think it is, apparently. (laughs) Yeah. Why can't we really have those kind of monitors where we can use our hands to swipe shit? That would be very cool. I think they've tried it multiple times with the hollow lens stuff so we can see, but nothing's worked so far. Well, you know. One one of these Stuff and things. Yeah. How how are you? What's new in your world? Um, so I, I've, I think I'm going to book a couple. Well, I know I've got one set up, Investigations, mm-hmm. and another one I'm working on with a new friend. So I don't want to give too much away to the listeners. Nick, I'll tell you later. Oh, yeah, text me. Um, but one is a personal friend of mine 
who lost her son recently. Oh, wow. And I, I loved him so very much, and we're going to try to communicate with him, and I'm so very excited. Wow. So, nervous, um, hoping it works, because it's kind of new, you know, um, but, you know, I mean, I, I got to investigate. I was watching this weekend. I watched the... Uh, the Ghost Adventures investigate Joe Exotic Zoo for two hours. I haven't watched ghost shows in a hot minute. And I'm sitting there watching going, God damn it, I miss this so much. So I think I'm going to set up a couple things and see what happens. You know what? You just got to do it. I think that's what it's all about. And it's safe. You absolutely yeah. should be doing it. It's minimizing contact and you go. it goes a long way. And then you can... Tell, talk, you can tell me all about it on the podcast. Exactly. And I, I'm just, I just fucking miss it. And and it hit me really hard this past weekend. So yep. trying some new stuff, going to do some new things. Um, and it's just going to be me. But I don't want it to be just me. That's why I got to get the dogs out of here. Give me two seconds. Hey, guys, <laughs> let's go. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Luna's just so excited to tell me that they're playing and I'm talking to nobody. I love it. I think. I don't know. I, love I make it. up conversations with my dogs in my head. I do so, too. I, I make them up in, in words. And say it verbally? <laughs> yeah. Same. I wasn't going to go there, but that's exactly what happens here as well. Yeah. So they're still upstairs and we will still hear barking. We just won't hear Luna breathing heavily into the microphone. Perfect. It's a great, it's a great ambiance. There is not enough wine in the world today. So, yeah, and Chris and I watched Truth Seekers. How was that? I haven't watched any of it yet. Again, it's a slow burn. I see people complaining about it on the socials. Um, give it a shot. Go all the way to the end. It's worth it. Cool. I love the team behind it, and I, just, I haven't ingested content at all today. Uh, and I'm glad I haven't because today I didn't realize it was coming out already, but there's David Cronenberg's son, who David Cronenberg, very famous for so many cool, creepy body horror movies. His son, uh, Brandon Cronenberg, made a movie called Possessor, and apparently it is supposed to be wild and gross and crazy, and it like surprise dropped on iTunes today, so I bought it. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm very excited. Yay. We will expect a full review next week, sir. I I want to be grossed out. I hear it's very, very disgusting. So here we go. Well, see, I'm I'm more into the jump scares, I think, and the psychological than the gore. Yeah. I think I'm a, I've hit that point in my life. Yeah, I can appreciate it, but I don't know. There's certain things where I draw the line, and, I, and I've, I've read about one specific scene that's very gnarly in this movie, and the way they're billing it is they're, they actually changed the title from possessor to possessor uncut so it's the full unrated uncut movie with all the gross blood and brains and sexy stuff (laughs) sexy stuff i I mean apparently they mixed it in i don't know so is it organic special effects because i am a special effects nerd yeah i only I, I, when I buy things, I check the quality. So I buy, buy them off iTunes and I'm such a nerd that I like skim through just the first few minutes. And in the first 10 minutes okay. of the movie, 
there I I don't know the context of the scene, but there is a girl who like stabs this dude in the neck and then just starts like stabbing him. He's like a heavier guy and just starts stabbing him over and over and over. It's very gross, but it's very practical. It's very real. <laughs> oh nice. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. So I specialist effects um CGI is a wonderful thing. Yes. But it's not for every situation. Correct. I it always okay, it always takes me out of stuff uh, from time to time when I when I watch things and it's just I'm just like oh man like just put some real blood in there because it's even if it doesn't yeah. look great it's always just so much fun like Django Unchained and the yeah. final scene where he's blasting his way through the house so and it's good. just everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. I'm here for and it. And now they've got this new, like, it must be like a filter or something you can buy when you're for premiere or whatever it is. It's the seeping blood into the clothes where it looks so fake. It does. It totally takes me out of the situation. Yeah. Well, it's crazy because it can be done well. There's a way to do it well. And it's, I think there's in, in certain movies... For a short period of time, there was like the blood cloud. So when someone would get shot, there'd be just like a really quick oh, yeah. cloud. Spray. And it looked really good. And then now it's this, it's just this weird digital. And they're doing it more and more in horror movies and stuff now. But it's like, if you're going to do horror, give me practical, gross gallons of blood. Tom Savini school style. Yep. That's what I want. I want like Piranha 3D where they're just using just buckets of blood need more scares in your life well duh we've got you just head over to tinyurl.com slash get shutter and you'll automatically get seven days free of this all horror all the time streaming network from their endless selection of the best in horror the original programming and exclusive content to their flexible membership plans. Shutter is exactly what you need. Plans start at under five bucks a month, and yes, you can cancel at any time. I mean, what are you waiting for? Tinyurl.com slash get shutter. Tinyurl.com slash get shutter. G-E-T-S-H-U-D-D-E-R. Let's get scared. Speaking, this has nothing to do with paranormal, but I watched the first episode of Mandalorian. And their real life, you can touch it special effects are what make that fucking show. Yeah. Yeah. If, yeah and you, if Baby Yoda was CG, no. It wouldn't have worked. But then you appreciate, and this is a week later, so everyone has seen it, but you have these very real, practical, like old Star Wars type creatures who are and it's like even if it might be a little hokey like the the green guys that are fighting like you could clearly tell it's people in suits but it just is it's just so fun and then you have the big like crate dragon that's all cgi and and you it just all blends so well it makes me so happy the bantas though do we think they're elephants i don't because they were so amazing i i have to know if anybody out there knows if those bantas were organic or if they were cg they they have to be organic they have to be yeah oh they have or yeah. somebody's really fucking good the way <laughs> yeah it's just the way the show i love that the show returns to the roots of of star wars and i feel like the mm-hmm. movies have it's, it's the same thing with Jur- the jurassic world movies it's when they use 
practical animatronic dinosaurs. It's great, but they don't do it yeah. enough, and it loses no. its magic. Yeah, for sure. Because when I saw that shit in 93 or whenever the hell it was, I was like in it for everything. I mean, that T-Rex, fucking amazing. We didn't have that kind of CGI back then. You weren't even born yet, probably. Uh, I, w- I was. Okay. I was born. It's still barely. It's still barely. I, I wasn't old enough to see it. I didn't even have. I didn't know words yet. Um, it still. I mean, it still looks amazing, and that's I think what people need to know is that stuff. Even if it looks hokey initially, it's gonna look that way forever. It's CGI forever. ages. Practical effects. They don't age at all. Give me a second on that thought because I rewatched the original Poltergeist this weekend, which. Fucking, um, I was in tears. Joe Beth Williams was so amazing in that. She played the mom, for those of you that don't know. But the scene in the mirror, if you take that scene out, it holds up magically. But when he's peeling off his face, and you can tell that's like somebody's back or whatever's going on with the shoulders, took me out of it for a hot second. Yeah. God, that movie's so good. It really, really really is. But it's it's like, I think... The the practical effects type stuff hasn't aged super well. I mean, Total Recall is also... There are some moments in Total Recall with Schwarzenegger where you're just like, oh my God, this looks ridiculous. But Poltergeist, everything being so real, even that kind of effect, the the ghostly type of... It just it always looks works. so good. It still works. I know. And when you realize those little glowing balls, when you play the when they play the film back and they have hats on and you're like, <gasps> those are people. It's, it's so, so good. I'm getting goosebumps. Um, that was that was our Halloween. Um, it was Poltergeist. It was Trick or Treat, and then something else that uh, I had I texted you about, which was meh. Um, but I'm. Uh, the trick-or-treat style oh, one. The Tales of Halloween? Yes. Yeah. The first little scene movie in itself was great. And then when we get to Tiffany Shepis, love you, girl. I miss you terribly. But I, I wasn't digging that one, and we turned it off. <laughs> it, it's hit or miss. And most of those anthology movies are. They're like strong parts. Oh. I've been a part of them. I've <laughs> created films for them. So, yes, I know. <laughs> Yeah, it's I didn't I don't even remember what did we watch? I mean, obviously like I watched something with the kiddo. I don't even remember I watched Army of Darkness after she went to bed. Yeah. Um which was just the perfect thing. I watched Monster Squad after she went to bed and then we watched Oh my god, what I can't even remember Halloween. <laughs> I oh. don't even I don't even know what exactly we watched. And I'm not even going to try because I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> I sat in my unicorn fleece onesie. We ate some candy that I had bought for the grandson. Um, who doesn't need it anymore? He went out of town and actually got to trick or treat. So yay for Abe. And we just had a good, good old time watching the shit I love. God love my husband for putting up with me in October. Everything's got to be scary. Everything's, I've got to watch all the paranormal, you know, all the new shit that's dropping. God love Chris. Did you watch, <laughs> did you watch the Christine McConnell show that Netflix had for the short amount of time that it was like one season and it was like Pee Wee's Playhouse, but basically for like 
an Elvira-type woman. No. It is so wonderful. She she's So she's famous on Instagram and Twitter, and she... Um, creates, she bakes all these really like macabre type, spy, I mean, really intricate stuff. And she makes, um, it's, it's just so unreal. And I highly recommend that you watch an episode because it's so silly and it's all just her brain baby. And it's just, oh, I, I wish it got it. a second season, but you, it's right up your alley. Like, I would love to see you do oh. a show like that. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> 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 I don't know about all that. Just let me hunt ghosts. I just, I just need to hunt some ghosts. Okay, I guess we should throw it to some paranormal in the news. This give a shout out to Ursula Good who came through on this one for me because today's just been a day. We've got you know the daylight savings is getting to me. I love it getting dark early, but I'm exhausted oh, I'm as soon as the sun goes. I'm down. so tired. I I love yeah. it. I I love it. I. I'm happy it's here, but good God. I mean, 5.30 hits, and I'm just ready for bed. Yeah, I feel that so <sighs> hard. So, Ursula, thank you for coming through for the show. The headline from bloodydisgusting.com. No, oh. it's bloody-disgusting.com. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My favorite website. <clears throat> oh. I'm going to cut that burp out. Um, <laughs> Don't the do further psycho- <laughs> so, psychosomatic illness... Or haunting. Indian Medical School adds ghost studies course. So, let's see here. I know I had to, I read through it, believe it or not. Um, But I know I don't start at the beginning on this. So, in a country where mental health and mental illness are already barely dealt with in what many consider a proper fashion, perhaps this is a smokescreen statement to be able to make those who may have more shame admitting to, say, bipolar disorder over being cursed or haunted. This shit's near and dear to my heart. So, or maybe in this case, spirituality has awkwardly mixed with the medical field, and we are genuinely going to see new people being trained in treating ghosts, with diet change, herbal medicine, and other such things. So this is at Banaras Hindu University in Varanasi. I know I said that wrong. And they're going to be doing a ghost studies course. Either way, the first graduates of this program in the next six months will likely be fascinating to listen to and to watch for skeptics and believers alike. So... It's not really clear what this class is going to involve, Um, but people are saying it's either, let me read this one part. Boot Vidya mainly deals with psychosomatic disorders, diseases caused by unknown reasons and diseases of mind or psychic conditions. Under this definition, the course will be teaching traditional methods of treating people who think their issues could be created by curses, hauntings, possessions, etc., but which are actually standard medical issues with a paranormal cause being projected unto them. So I need to know more. That's, it's, that's so interesting. But also I like, as you're talking about that, it kind of makes me, and I haven't done the research. I don't know, but Mm -hmm. is there like a paranormal university or is there uh, like a cryptid university that people can go to, to, study this stuff for 
I feel like that would be very necessary. But yeah, I know there are courses like paranormal courses you can take yeah. in colleges and things like that. And it's usually, you know, paranormal investigators coming in to talk about things. Ed and Lorraine Warren used to do that a lot is go to colleges and speak. I don't think there's a school based on parapsychology or paranormal investigation or anything like that. I feel like hmm. if someone started a university, and obviously, like, I don't think it would be a big thing or it would be like 15 university. No. Like, if there was maybe a university in the United States and then maybe a university overseas somewhere that was specifically dedicated to getting an accredited, an accredited degree from an accredited yeah. school, like a real thing, a degree in some form of just everything from parapsychology to like cryptid studies, because I think all of them. Mm -hmm. Think of the mascot opportunities. Yes, that's the whole point Sorry. I'm getting at is mascot opportunities. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> you were not. I, <laughs> I just think that when you really stop and talk to somebody about paranormal and, and cryptid, like there there are a lot of areas where with paranormal it's energies, it's it's fields of energies, it's it's op, it's mm -hmm. it's understanding how our on earth how energies operate and how these things function and with cryptid studies there are a lot of uh, opportunities to study the missing link or creatures that we might not know exist and mm -hmm. these jobs can basically coexist with these big world science jobs i just i it would be so cool if there was a universe like i would go back to college for for that why can't they have an uh, Zach Baggins, you have money. I do not. Make a paranormal online university. Yeah. Maybe maybe I'll just, maybe I will step in do and it. try to do something. <laughs> I feel Let's do it. Can the mascot, mascot has to be Bigfoot if you're involved. Oh, 100%. Well, the mascot I think would be, maybe, uh, there'd be multiple mascots. For each sport that won't exist. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> It would be amazing. Can you imagine us cryptozoologists and paranormal investigators playing sports? No. It, it wouldn't go well unless it was like unless we somehow made like paranormal investigation a game, a sport of some kind. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Oh. I think you're onto something, sir. Or like hide and seek. We can make it a professional sport. Oh my that would be my jam. <laughs> Just sit somewhere for hours till somebody doesn't find you? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Because I don't know if you know this, Nick, but my phrase while investigating used to freak Clayton and Carter out was, come out, come out, wherever you are. There you go. See, it goes both ways. It's like hide and seek with Bigfoot and then hide and seek with spirits, apparently, as well. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, I th do it. I say do it. All right. I need Just a, I charge need. enough so you can live comfortably. I'll take classes. I'll teach classes if you need me to. It'd be great. I, I don't know how good I'd be at that. But when it, the tuition would be affordable, but would also make sure that everyone is funded and paid, but affordable because I feel like the more people we have with, that are knowledgeable of this, the closer we're going to get to people actually figuring shit out. There you go. Ursula, I've got a new Photoshop for you. The, you need to, we'll come up with a name for this university. P 
possibly before the end of this episode, maybe before next episode. <laughs> and <laughs> Ursula is in charge of coming up with like our logo. Love it. I love it too. This is great. Now I, I'm like a million miles a second. I'm like, all right, I need to start it right now. I need to, I need to jot down courses and what are, what are the credits? I'm telling my story. Nick's jotting down notes yeah. and shit. You got to take your basic math. You got to take your basic, but then you get to get to like Bigfoot studies and parapsychology and oh, yeah. ch- talking with the dead. I don't know. <laughs> yes. All of this. Yes. Oh my gosh. Um, I guess we should probably tell stories. Yeah, probably. And I'm 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 trying to think. Um, I you went go first. first. Okay, perfect. Yep. I am super excited about our latest podcast partner, which is Bones Coffee Company. Coffee isn't just a drink that wakes you up in the morning; it's an experience. When you brew a pot of Bones Coffee Company coffee. They want you to have the best experience you've ever had. They only roast carefully selected beans to perfection in small batches to ensure that you get the freshest coffee delivered straight to your door. The care given to each of those small batches is evidenced through the rich, full-bodied, and exceptionally smooth taste you'll get out of every cup of Bones Coffee Company you drink. You guys, this is amazing. First and foremost, I love coffee. I love wine and I love bourbon, but I love coffee. So check it out and help out the podcast. Go to tinyurl.com slash bonescoffee. Get your coffee fix and help out your favorite podcast. We appreciate you. Okay, you may have heard or may not have heard, but our newest podcast partner is freaking Chewy, guys. I know, we we talk about our pets all the time, and we kind of love our pets a little too much, just like you guys. But we're always looking for ways to save money in these current financial times. Chewy's it. Type in tinyurl.com slash O-F-Chewy, you help support the podcast. I personally get both our dog's food and our dog's treats and a couple other things sent on a monthly basis directly from Chewy with their subscription service. So please check it out. Please help us out by subscribing to all of your Chewy goods at tinyurl.com slash OF Chewy. My dogs will thank you. Extra, extra, read all about it. Okay, so that was lame. But we have a new merch store, my friends. Head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files. Guys, we've got everything there. We're still adding more. The prices are much more cost effective there. And the store is so easy to navigate. What are you waiting for? Head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files. Get your merch on. So I I um, recently watched the latest episode of Unsolved Mysteries. 
episodes of Unsolved Mysteries. Didn't even know they were going to drop. And boom, <laughs> there they were. Um, and Anna had texted me about it as well. And in one episode, it was all about the spirits of the big tsunami that hit Toku, Japan, in 2011. I'm sure everyone has seen the videos of this ginormous tidal wave devastating this, totally devastating this city and killing thousands upon impact. But on March 11th, 2011, a devastating magnitude 9.1 earthquake rocked Eastern Asia's seafloor, sending a wave of ocean water the height of a 12-story building right into Japan's coast. More than 15,000 people lost their lives, millions lost access to running water or electricity, and more than 120,000 buildings were destroyed within a matter of minutes. Post-disaster, Toku came to be overpopulated with ghosts. Um, With multiple reports of sightings, this, some believe, was inevitable as the tsunami took the lives of so many people unprepared to relinquish their worldly attachments. Ghost stories were common. A dead woman would visit an old friend in their temporary housing and sit down for a cup of tea, leaving dampness on the cushion she was imagined to have been sitting on. Do, 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 do. These stories are insane. People reported neighbors, neighbors who died in the tsunami, appearing at their houses, coming and sitting down in puddles of water. One man hated to go out because he saw eyes of people in every puddle he passed. And the stories are countless. And those stories go a little something like this. So I'm sure many of you have watched the episode, but for those of you who haven't, Here are a few that weren't told on the Netflix reboot of Unsolved Mysteries. Shortly after the disaster, traumatized survivors began to see the faces of victims in puddles, wandering the beaches, and appearing at their doors. Disquieting figures drenched in water were also seen hailing cabs, only to disappear once they climbed into the back seat. And these weren't one-off sightings. Residents all across the hardest-hit cities were reporting such apparitions. I'm going to butcher every single name in this, just letting you know right now. (laughs) Shinichi Yamada escaped the waves that destroyed his home and later salvaged two Buddhist statues from the wreckage. But when he brought them back to the temporary housing where he lived, he said strange things began to happen. His two children suddenly got sick, and an inexplicable chill seemed to follow the family throughout the house. He said, a couple of times when I was lying in bed, I felt something walking across me, stepping across my chest. Nope. Kansho Aizawa, 56, who is an exorcist, said she had seen numerous ghosts. Quote, there are headless ghosts and some missing hands or legs. Others are completely cut in half, she said. People were killed in so many different ways during the disaster, and they were left like that in limbo. So it takes a heavy toll on us. We see them as they were when they died. Some places destroyed by the tsunami, people have reported seeing ghostly apparitions queuing outside supermarkets, 
which were turned into rubble. At first, people came here wanting to find the bodies of their family members. Then they wanted to find out exactly how that person died and if their spirit was at peace, Mrs. Azawa said. As time passed, people requests changed. They've started wanting to transmit their own messages to the dead, she said. In 2016, a graduate student of sociology named Yuka Kudo traveled to one of the cities most ravaged by the disaster, Ishinomaka, Ishinomaki, um, in order to study this epidemic. She focused specifically on the town's cab drivers. This is when shit gets real. Who claimed to have picked up passengers that turned out to be tsunami ghosts. So in the Unsolved Mysteries, they covered and actually spoke to quite a few of these cab drivers. And I was just blown away. So in this city's name that I can't say, they (laughs) suffered 3,097 deaths and reported 2,770 missing people. A whopping 50,000 buildings had been destroyed there as well. The decimated city saw most of its population relocate with aimless cab drivers hoping for the best on their shifts. Out of the 100 cabbies, Kudo prodded for supernatural stories, seven of them volunteered. The first cabbie told Kudo of an encounter he had in the summer of 2011. It had only been a few months since the tsunami, and there were barely any customers. He was naturally shocked to suddenly spot a young woman hailing him down in a particularly hard-hit area. I did mention that this was summer when it happened, and she was wearing a heavy winter coat. The figure was also completely drenched. The driver barely had time to realize that it hadn't rained in days before she climbed into the back seat and asked to be driven to the largely abandoned Minahama, going with that, district. (laughs) Nailed it. That area is almost empty, he said while switching on the meter. Are you sure? There was a long silence. Then a shivering voice. The woman said, have I died? Uh Uh-uh. Uh Uh-uh. I would be bawling. What? Yeah. So the terrified driver turned around to face the customer, but found absolutely nothing nor anyone in his car. I know. So another cabbie, I think this one was actually in the Unsolved Mysteries, told Kudo that he picked up a confused-looking man in his 20s who kept pointing forward when asked where he needed to go. Finally, he said simply, hi or... A, a, a mountain park near the city. Perfect. After careening up the mountain near Ishinokami, the driver dropped his customer on a plateau at the summit. But when he tur- turned around to be paid, there was nobody in the car. Many of the cabbies Yuka Kudo interviewed recorded their strange experiences with ghostly passengers in their logbooks. The drivers who told the story of a young man who disappeared near that park even showed Kudo his log of the unpaid fare to the mountain. And at the very least, the cabbie's records proved that they believed a passenger was with them. And in the Unsolved Mysteries, a lot of those cabbies just ended up paying the fare for these people that really weren't there. I was about to say, like, is there a point that you reach 
as a cabbie, as you collectively, like, once you realize that it's happening to other cabbies, you're like, guys, like, we just keep getting screwed over by these these spirit people. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I feel like the cab company should cover them. Just saying. Yeah, is there insurance for that? <laughs> like, spirit? Yeah, you would think. Spirit trips? I don't know. We'll put it in the university. Yes, let's do it. Okay, so, Takeshi Ono. O-N-O. Mm-hmm. Uno? Ono? Yoko Ono, there we go, Um, who was a man, a very nice, ordinary, kind man, where the devastation hit was actually miles away from where he was located. He became aware that it was pretty bad after a week or so, and he decided to go down and have a look. He drove down to the beach and was appalled by what he saw there. He had no idea the the devastation was nearly as bad as it was. But he came back that evening, sat down for dinner with his family, had his tea, a can of beer, and then began rolling around on the ground making animal noises. Running out into the field behind his house, rolling around in the mud. To the horror of his wife and his mother, he woke up the next day not knowing anything about what had happened. And this continued for three days. He was talking in a strange, guttural way, threatening violence, talking about the dead, and his family were beside themselves, and they eventually persuaded him to go to the priest who, recru- who recited the Buddhist sutras and drove out the spirits, and he felt a lot better soon after that. The exercising priest was a Buddhist, And he said of the possessions, it doesn't matter whether ghosts really exist or not. He said what matters is that people believe in them. These experiences are real to them. It doesn't really matter whether you believe in ghosts. What's real is the suffering and the pain. So the priest never really said whether he believed in the paranormal, but he what I gathered from that is he just wanted to help this man. Mm. And he did exercise several other people as well. Oh, wow. Well, some say this is a form of PTSD, which is absolutely a possibility in my eyes. Others say it's a way for people to deal with their loss of their loved ones. But Japanese culture has a deeply embedded and specific relationship with ghosts which I love this. Japanese ghost folklore often features spirits with unfinished business or who have not been laid to rest property. Nope, properly. (laughs) Sorry. This is like a beautiful moment and I'm fucking it all up. Um, In Shinto tradition, a person's spirit is cared for after death by its family who must provide a proper funeral pray at their grave and return for visits to ensure a peaceful passage into the afterlife. Which, uh, watching the Unsolved Mysteries, everybody is usually cremated in this area. That's just the way it is. There's, you know, not usually coffins or things like that. Just everybody's cremated. But because everything was happening so fast and the water actually affected the crematorium there and it wasn't working, there were just like these almost like cardboard box looking coffins everywhere. And if this is what you believe, of course you're going to think that these people aren't settled into the afterlife or whatever it is you believe. Yeah. So 
Jeez. If said measures are not taken, the spirit will wander the earthly plane searching for a home they can no longer reach or attempting to exact revenge. These ancient stories are still very much a part of the Japanese culture today. So there you have it. Kids, some new stuff if you've seen the episode and a little little coverage of what was in the episode for those who haven't seen it. It's sad and terrifying and fucking heartbreaking. I'll, those videos, just awful. I, need, I really need to sit down and watch. I feel like every time I go to watch Unsolved Mysteries, every time I do it, I always wind up talking to someone who's like, it's very compelling, but a lot of the stories are very sad. And he's like, I don't want them. I don't want that right now. Well, yeah. So this one is completely told in Japanese. I had to go into my settings and my Netflix. And I couldn't find just like the dubbing of English. I had to find like what they play for the blind, where it's telling you what's on the screen and also telling you what they're saying, which I could really watch TV like that more often. That's very descriptive. I like that. Yeah. Um, my sources, of course, were Unsolved Mysteries, NPR, News24.com, Cozy.com. That doesn't sound right. On Demand News on YouTube, All That Is Interesting.com, TheGuardian.com. And the real winner here today is the Google. Always. Always. <laughs> so fucking tragic. And you know my fear of these like natural disasters. That's why I live in the middle of the country. There's no goddamn hurricanes coming to me where I'm at. I've, we've had an earthquake twice that I can remember in Indiana. I like being nestled in the middle. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, I, I mean, mean, we got tornadoes. Yeah, tornadoes are scary. I mean, tornadoes scare me more than hurricanes and stuff. Do, but I guess it's all in like how you're raised, right? Like being around an earthquake yeah. is terrifying if you're raised around tornadoes and hurricanes because the earth isn't moving when you're around that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it all just exactly. depends. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like a lot of it's so interesting as far as culturally the exploration of paranormal or sort of eerie happenings like this because in the United States you don't hear as many stories but I think overseas in foreign countries you hear more stories that are focused on tragedies that have happened where it, they've claimed a lot of lives and those are the the kind of the ghost stories so to speak that are being told mm-hmm. I mean it's you know one of the one of the immediate things the biggest thing that comes to mind is uh, is the suicide forest in Japan and yeah. that being a very, uh, not only a very spiritual haunting place, but also a place that has claimed a lot of lives and is very tragic. So it's just interesting culturally the, the, the divide where we have, you know, haunted houses like Amityville and things like that. Those are our stories. And then overseas you have these tragedies that create spiritual conversations. Yeah. yeah. And it sounds like it's almost a part of their religion is if you don't honor the dead, the the ancestors, the the ones that have passed, this is their lot in life, you know? Yeah. What, what Catholics call purgatory almost is what it sounds like. Yeah. It's a lot more bleak and, and sad, for sure, where yeah. over here it's, it's almost, it's almost like people take what they will 
from movies and television and like they're they're ghosts over here but over in overseas it's it's different it's very different yeah yeah for sure but it was i was blown away and i don't know if i've told this story before or not the cab stuff sounds real familiar to me but with the unsolved mysteries episode dropping i figured it was the perfect time to cover it again if I have already. So those of you that are binging straight through, I know it was just yesterday for you, but for me it was like a year and a half ago. So <laughs> sorry if that's the case. I well, and I think relevancy is also a thing too. Is I, I've probably told a couple that have been told way earlier on, and I think that sometimes there's new information that comes out or new pieces and stuff. So it's always worth yeah, revisiting. For sure. Even if you did. Well, some of these stories have so many different versions to it. Like the Dover Demon is honestly the only one that that I know of that happened once in 24 hours. And that was it. It's never been seen again. It's never been heard from again. But Bigfoot always has the stories. You know, chupacabras, people are still, is that a chupacabra or is that a rabid dog? We don't know. So I feel like the paranormal, you can almost cover things infinitely oh absolutely when it, and it's it's like last week when we were talking about the the blood countess the, the dracula story is paranormal yes. and cryptid and creepy all that that it's all a game of telephone really it's all mm-hmm. the and this will segue in but the the bigfoot magazine that i have that i i got one time with all this information that stuff's not online it's like it was published in a magazine yeah. And that's new information that isn't really searchable uh, easily. Right. And this, the same goes with this stuff. It's like Unsolved, uh, Unsolved Mysteries coming out. There are people whose job are to tell new parts of this story yeah. for television. And so there are new inf- pieces of information that come out that haven't been seen or heard or talked about before. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty amazing. I kind of love that we do paranormal. I'm not going to lie. I love it too. Like the, the Miss Murder podcast, I can only tell that story once because it's done, it's over, she's in jail. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's, unless it's like, you know, I mean, obviously, well, we don't know. I mean, we, the Zodiac Killer could have been female. We don't know. We don't. But, There's a few of them we don't But know. that's, you know, those those ones specifically are the ones that, it's like, oh, are these... These are these are always developing, but most of the time in these big crazy cases, they've always caught the person. Yeah, for sure. So, well, God love DNA. I keep reading stories every day where they're catching somebody who did something 25, 30 years ago because their relative sent off their DNA to 23andMe or whatever it's called, and boom, got him. Yep. God, I love that shit. Hashtag science. Oh yeah. I mean, that was the what the Golden State Killer recently. Him too? Yeah, yeah, for sure. He was the first one I'd ever heard of that they were actually, you know, I always never, I never sent my spit in a thing to somebody to tell me my DNA because I'm like, I just feel like it's an invasion of my privacy, if that makes any sense. But it, it's an invasion of any murderous relatives I may have's privacy. <laughs> it's not why I'm doing it. If I have a murder that, a family member that killed somebody, they should fucking fry well, now I want to. I want to do mine now. Yeah, sponsor us. <laughs> that one cousin, you know, there's something up with them. <laughs> yeah, there was like some crazy Italian mafia shit in my family 
many, many moons ago, but I remember my mom holding up a picture one time and being like, oh yeah, this person uh, killed this person on their wedding day or something. I gotta get the whole story, but it was some crazy shit. I was like, what? Oh yes, please. Let's have Erin on, please. 100%, make her a guest. She's got all the stories. I'm trying to encourage her to write a book one day, but she's- Oh, she so should. She's bashful. Okay, you may have heard or may not have heard, but our newest podcast partner is freaking Chewy, guys. I know, we we talk about our pets all the time, and we kind of love our pets a little too much, just like you guys. But we're always looking for ways to save money in these current financial times. Chewy's it. Type in tinyurl.com slash ofchewy. You help support the podcast. I personally get both our dog's food and our dog's treats and a couple other things sent on a monthly basis directly from Chewy with their subscription service. So please check it out. Please help us out by subscribing to all of your Chewy goods at tinyurl.com slash OF Chewy. My dogs will thank you. Yeah, I, you know, I, I wrote a story last week. <laughs> I was proud of it. But this week, with the depression of Halloween not really existing and yeah. this looming election, I just, my brain was just dry. The, the thought of doing research was just further tr- triggering anxiety for me. And I was like, what am I going to do for the, for the podcast? What am I going to do? So I haven't talked about Bigfoot in a while. Uh, Let's do it. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to I'm going to talk about Bigfoot. I'm going to talk about. I'm going to tell a story. This is from the personal archives. Uh, something that I I don't necessarily sit down and tell many people, but this was sort of the 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 defining moment in my life as a Bigfoot believer. So it's very. You know, I was thinking a couple episodes back, you briefly mentioned something about hearing something in the woods and asking your dad about it. And I'm like, you know, he's never fucking told his Bigfoot stories. Mm-hmm. Today's the day. Show. Today's the day. Fucking thank God. Yay. So I've been very well versed, so to speak, from fourth grade on to in Bigfoot, in in different sightings and pictures and sounds and audio recordings and the whoops and the hollers and the, all this stuff. And I grew up in Panama city, Florida in the panhandle and behind our house was just, I mean, it was just woods after woods after woods, never ending. I mean, just constant. And behind our house, we had a big fence and behind our house, there was, uh, kind of a ditch and then on it was a pretty deep ditch that had some sort of muddy mucky gross water and then on the other side of the ditch there was a flat piece of land that usually uh people with four-wheelers would ride back and and okay just for no reason there was no purpose to it really and my best friend at the time and i will call him ryan uh we decided to go on a, uh, a walk. So we went on a, a, a long walk down this, uh, you can get, you go through the woods and you can get back across the ditch where you don't really have to jump or leap. You just basically walk down and you can, it's shallow. So you just kind of like bunny hop over and then you climb up and you're basically in the woods at that point. Okay. 
And so we hiked, we hiked all the way down. I mean, it went for, for a few miles and we were young and sprightly. So it, it was, it, it was casual. Yeah. And we had been hiking, walking for maybe half an hour, 40 minutes. And we hear something being thrown in the, so to the right of us are, are houses and fences. So tall fences. And then the, this big ditch. Uh, and then to the left of us is just endless woods. And so it was like 30, 40 minutes in, we heard essentially what sounded like some something picking up uh, a rock or a really thick tree and just throwing it into the yeah. woods. And we heard it like smash onto the ground. And we were like, ah, oh, whatever. Like we were kids. We were teenagers. I was probably 16, 15, 16. We're like, whatever. This is it, it, yeah. nothing. And so we kept walking. And then we kind of heard after in, uh, 10 minutes later or so, we heard some like rustling and then we sort of, sort of heard this like strange noise and we're like, oh, it's the woods. There are, there are wild hog, there are, there are wild hogs, there are bobcats, there are all sorts of things. Maybe, but when you're a kid, you feel invincible. You're like, fuck it. Nothing's going to kill me. Let's just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> That's For just sure. the way it was. Yeah. And so we kept walking and eventually you as you continue down this trail, there starts becoming less and less houses and you start moving towards the bay. So we lived, uh, if you, if you walk probably an hour, you, the, this trail basically ends, it opens up and it's this big piece of forest and then the bay and it's just, that's it. And so the closer we were, were getting away from houses, we kept hearing more things to the left of us that were more frequent over and over again that sounded like rustling, twigs cracking, things like that. But again, squirrels, bobcats, wild boar, hogs, whatever. Squirrels sound like fucking apes if you're just alone in the woods. Yep. Uh, living next to the woods, I'm like, what the fuck was that? And I, I see a little squirrel come out. I'm like, motherfucker. Exactly. Well, and it was a it was a golf community as well, so it was very quiet. So even if yeah. you have the squirrel who's loud as shit anyway, and it sounds even louder when it's yeah. being... So we get to the end of, of this trail. All the houses are gone. And it just opens up. So there's still forest to our left, but it basically kind of opens up a little bit. Um, it's pretty open, but there's lots of trees. And the only way back over was across this ditch. The The ditch is deeper now. The water is thicker. The, it's, it's more difficult to jump without getting all muddy and stuff. And we were like, well, we don't want to walk back. Let's cross this. And then we'll, instead of walking in the woods home, we'll walk up the street home, which was maybe 10 minutes ahead of us. We just had to cross the ditch. And I'm talking this through, talking this through, trying to figure out a way across. It's getting dark, so we're trying to hurry up. And I'm talking to my friend, and he's silent, not saying anything. And Uh I was getting frustrated. And I was like, hey, we need to figure out a way to get across. My eyes are still focused on this and like we're losing daylight. It was, it was starting to become a little uncomfortable that we couldn't get across. Right. And I turn around and he's directly behind me. So I just see him and his back is turned to me and he's looking into the woods and he's just frozen. And I tap him on the shoulder and I'm like, Hey, what are you doing? 
and I pull his shoulder. So if it's my right hand, I pull his left shoulder to open his body up. And as soon as I do, I look where he's looking and I see a long uh, arm covered in hair and the top of a shoulder like move like something had stepped it back into the woods and it was gone uh-uh and he finally snapped out of it i started panicking because i was like what the fuck is that like i immediately my mind is is went to is, is it a man like is a man in the woods are we were we being followed are we gonna die like we're just kids is this a serial killer <laughs> yeah and uh and it was tall. It was very tall, very large, just big, uh, really matted hair, very dark. It was, um, it was a very dark, dark, like muddy brown. And he snapped out of it, and we just were like, fuck it, let's just go. And so we, we scaled this ditch, got over the top, like went to the street, had a couple like leeches on our legs that we pulled off because apparently oh. that was a thing. And... Uh, and I asked him, I was like, what, what were you looking at? What, what? And he's just like, let's just get back to the house. And I was like, oh, he wouldn't tell you? No. I tried for years. We, we actually lost touch with each other for a while. And then I moved to mm-hmm. Orlando, went to college. And then we, we reconnected. And we were just hanging out, having a couple beers. And, and I asked him, I said, that, I don't know if you remember. I said, but super, such a long time ago. Like, what did you see? Yeah. And he was like, I, I, don't, I don't remember. I was like, Mm-mm. hmm. So my theory. Motherfucker. My theory is that we were essentially being observed, followed. And then what he was looking at was he was making full contact, eye contact with this ape-like figure who was standing maybe maybe 100, 100, 200 feet away from him, far enough away, and they were basically having a staring contest. And it just went away. And that was it. Oh, my God. Oh, so he, he still has never fessed up to what happened. No, we've lost touch again. He's not on social media, anything like that. So I need to... Uh, maybe one day I'll figure it out. But I mean... At the end of the day, I have heard that Bigfoot can put you in like a trans like state. Now, I don't know if it's true. I've heard sometimes there's a telepathic thing. Again, I don't know if it's true. It seems like a stretch. Yeah. But, or it almost sounds like he saw exactly what you thought he saw, and he's afraid you're going to say he's crazy. It, and he was very much that person. He came from a military family, came from a military background. And he was very, he loved having fun. We always made like silly little movies together and stuff. And, and he was always down to just goof around and have a good time. But it, I think it was something that he truly saw something that he did not believe was real and just didn't want to talk about it. Wow. So, and that's that, insane. And that was it. So, I, you know, I was bummed that I didn't get to see the full body shot, right? the, the full thing. But, <laughs> Seeing just that part, that piece in motion, that was enough for me. And so yeah. every, every, every time after that, my window faced the, uh, I was on the back of the house. So my bedroom as a kid was on the back of the house. And my window faced the fence that led to the woods. And so every time I was out on our, in our, we had an above ground pool, I was swimming by myself or any, any type, anything happened or I heard anything, I always had this feeling that something was out there. And 
that led to what I talked about last week. The one, uh, the one time I was out with my dad, we were, he was washing his car and I was talking to him and I, I heard what I've heard in fifth grade, this crazy, like guttural whoop howl thing coming from the back, those woods. And I, I froze and I asked my dad, I said, what was that? And my dad was just like, ah, oh, it was probably like wolves or coyotes. It was like two or three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. No. So it was crazy. And, you know, being in the panhandle of Florida right there, uh, having all that at that land. I mean, there were many sightings that happened, multiple sightings that happened. Uh, I guess back in those woods, there was a training facility for firefighters and police officers. And there was actually a period of time where there was like two or three sightings when I lived there, where I grew up from these firefighters who were doing training exercises, seeing oh, a snap. skunk ape. Uh, wandering the the. I was property. just going to ask: is it is it a skunk ape because it's Florida, or do we call him Bigfoot? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. So that that was it. That was the big. That was what did it for me. And I was always uh, such a a believer in a very fun tongue in cheek way. But that was sort of the moment where am I going to tell you that's exactly what I saw that day? I'm not going to tell you that's what ex- exactly what I saw. I was a kid. I had right. an imagination right. that ran wild, but it was enough for me that that was a tangible that was a tangible thing it was very very real and i'm also very aware that if you remember something a certain way enough times in your life when you tell a story enough time or you tell you tell it just enough if it's two times three times 10 times whatever you'll remember that event that way just like that every single time yeah and i'm aware of that but I also believe that that is, I mean, I, I even, I don't even know where it is. My mom probably has it, but I wrote it down with a pencil and paper oh my gosh. and I have a story version of exactly what happened in pencil and paper somewhere, uh, like the week or two after it happened. Oh my gosh. And I'm sure it's in like a little spiral notebook. Please say yes. Please oh, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. I had all those little books. I, I still have an obsession with spiral notebooks. Not gonna lie. Yeah, that was so good, Nick. Thank you. Oh, oh, thank you. I uh, I'm so honored that you told it on the podcast. So oh, yay! It's uh, yeah. I needed something, and I realized I haven't talked about Bigfoot in a while. You can't really tell Bigfoot ex- stories over and over and over again. It, it is that's the one caveat to paranormal cryptid is you can't yeah really tell Bigfoot stories all the time and every so every week. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, this one but felt I like I still tend to tell haunting stories every week. But, every, but I should probably switch things up. Every haunting is so different whereas Bigfoot it's it's never no one really has definitive crazy you know, this thing happened and it was crazy and it and it picked me up and took me to this place. No one really has those stories. It, it they yeah. all are sort of the same. You you see something, you don't engage, you don't interact, you just see something. Whereas with hauntings, people have different experiences based on all other factors and stuff. But yeah, this yeah. this felt well, necessary. Maybe code name Ryan listens. Maybe. <laughs> I, I have no idea. If that's idea. the case, reach out to Nick. He's at I am Nick Floyd on all the stuff and all the things. Yeah, find me. Let me know the the, the truth. I need. I need the we truth is judge. out there. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well done. Yeah. Well done. That was beautifully told, sir. Thank you so much. I do have a story that's not that short, but it's kind of a cry for help as well. 
So I wanted to get it out as soon as possible and see if anybody else can help him with what's going on here. So it starts off, uh, good morning, Oddity Files crew. I hope this email finds you well. I put a post up on the Facebook page, which Kizzy commented that, She'd like to have like to hear more about it. I shall try to regale the tale to my to the best of my ability. I love it when our friends from over the pond write and use such fancy language. <laughs> this and he goes on to say, the story goes a little something like this. On the night slash early morning of the 24th slash 25th of October of this year, a couple of my friends decided to do a Ouija board homemade on the back of some wallpaper. Would you believe? (laughs) It just takes me back to Most Haunted. I don't know if you've ever watched the UK ghost hunting show, Nick, but it's always on like a a painted board and they use a glass for the planchette. (laughs) And they always get Ouija board action. Okay. So um, they had looked up the instructions on YouTube. Other video platforms are available so that they knew how to sat it all out. They even found some words to say as though it were a seance. Myself and my girlfriend were watching, in parentheses, I've seen enough videos and heard of enough accounts of Ouija boards going wrong that I wanted to distance myself but still be there to help if needed. I must say that it it was as socially distanced as possible and that we stuck to the rule of six which is COVID policy in England, where no more than six people can congregate in a private property at one time. So it started off with a few names coming through, and I was skeptical. Although I believe in a lot of paranormal things, I still remain a skeptic until evidence comes to light to prove me otherwise. My friend had her boyfriend's grandfather come through and gave her some pretty hard-hitting home truths about her lifestyle and how she should change for the better Way to go, Grandma. Good job. That was upsetting for her, but she looked she took it on board. Another friend had a message come through for her, from her grandfather, which was lovely. He was really proud of her and what she had accomplished. Laura, whose flat it was and was part of the Ouija game, asked if there was anyone who wanted to speak with me. Nothing came through, and I wasn't surprised. I feel I have most of my answers that I need in life, or at least I thought I did. Laura then asked if there was anyone for my girlfriend, and straight away a spirit came through. She made herself known as a lady whom my girlfriend used to live with. My girlfriend used to live with an elderly couple. The gentleman she used to help with his horses and ride them for him. But her and the elderly lady never saw eye to eye. As soon as she called my girlfriend a lazy cow, I knew who it was. I love the way they talk. They use the word cunt like it's nothing (laughs) over there. And they call people cows. You guys are so magical. Yeah. Okay. So... (laughs) She had committed suicide a couple of years ago. She had Alzheimer's and Crohn's disease, in parentheses, an awful gastrointestinal affliction, which meant she had no control over her bowels. I had no idea what Crohn's was. That sounds miserable. It was awful for her, and a couple of times I had to help her out in the morning by showering her before 
her carer came to help her. It was so degrading for her, and although she could be a nasty woman, I felt for her. As far as we knew, she had committed suicide to get out of this awful situation that she was in. She had left a note to say that she would be found in the river, and that's where she was found. Mm -hmm. Shit gets weird. Um, Back to the night of the Ouija session. I asked a couple of questions regarding how she died to try and confirm whether it was real or not. The skeptic in me, in parentheses. She confirmed that it was water, that she drowned, which I don't think my friend knew about. I then asked whether she had killed herself to escape how she was in the end. This is where the tone shifted. She said no. She was made to do it. I asked her by whom, and she stated the dark man, exclamation point. This sent a shiver down my spine and is doing so as I type this. She explained that he had made her do it. He walked her down to the river and made her do it. I asked who the dark man was, and she stated that she couldn't say. She wasn't allowed to tell us. I asked her if I knew him, and she said yes. I honestly don't, but this was just getting stranger by the moment. She said that he owned her, as well as her life partner, who was there too. And then he spoke as well. I've never known two spirits to come through around the same time as though they were talking in turns. She said, don't tell him I've said anything and told us to shush when her partner made an appearance. He, in death, as he was in life, avoided anything to speak about regarding the dark man and just wanted to tell me that he had his pipe with him, that he used to love to smoke. When his partner came back through, she said, I must tell her family all of them about what has happened. None of them believe in the paranormal apart from one whom we contacted straight afterwards. A couple of times I had asked, are we safe because of the dark man? She said it was not guaranteed. There's a new family living in their bungalow and she said they weren't safe either. I asked how dark man had got to her and she said the strangest thing. She stated that it was through a bird that they had in the house. I don't know where it came from, but she said the dark man had inhabited the bird, and he thinks it was a cockatoo, and that he was enslaving them all. She said that he was with us now and that he was near to me. Whether this was a reaction to being told that the dark man was next to me or whether the dark man was actually next to me, I felt my whole left side go cold and numb. This I later found that I could have been that could have been due to the draft coming from a vent next to where I sat on the bed. I'd like how he's debunking. Good job. So not not long after that, when asking about the dark man, the board spelled Zozo. So my friend on urging for me ended the session. I'm going to go back. I'm going to do a story on Zozo. I'm not going to get into my thoughts on Zozo right now, but I'm going to do a story on Zozo. The whole session left us shocked and we didn't sleep that night until the sun came up. I don't get frightened easily, but that unnerved me a little. In retrospect, myself and my girlfriend weren't entirely convinced about the whole thing as there were discrepancies in the things that were said. We were going to do another session on Halloween night, but it never came about. Nothing untoward, untoward, 
has happened since then. A detail that did make me wonder about the experience was the gentleman whom my girlfriend lived with said that he had his pipe with him. And I shrugged it off as just a random comment. But I contacted his son not long after, and he said, which none of us were aware of, that he had been buried with his pipe, a pouch of tobacco, and some matches. He didn't like using lighters to ignite the tobacco. He said it tasted wrong. Wow. That made me wonder about the episode further. I don't know what to make of it, but has anyone else ever heard or had an experience about spirits being enslaved by another spirit? I'd be curious to know as I vaguely remember hearing something similar to this a while ago, and I can't remember where I heard it from. If you want further details, please don't hesitate to ask. Big fan of you all and the show. Unfortunately, I'm well behind on podcast episodes as I work full time as a community nurse. Thank you for your service and don't have much time for doing much at all, especially with this pandemic. All the love, light, peace, and positivity that can be sent to you from James over the pond in Spalding, Lincolnshire, England. Wow. Jeez. Have you ever heard of that? Um, the only time I've ever heard, maybe not of that, the only time I ever heard anything like that was my experience in Casadego, which basically what happened was that there were basically a lot of false seances that occurred because it was a spiritualist camp and they had seance classes and the good spirits who haunted the hotel in Casadega were uh, the, the, the false seances opened a portal, so to speak, which let in these okay. dark spirits that were kind of remnants of just sort of from just each little piece and part. And those dark spirits were taking over and consuming some of the, uh, the good spirits in the hotel. Wow. So that's the only time I, I had ever heard of that. That as far as like enslaving spirits go, where basically it's like a dark spirit infuses with a good spirit, and mm -hmm. that causes the that situation. That's insane. But that's it. So on investigations, we've had like spirits that want to try to prevent other spirits in talking to us. I don't think it's an enslavement thing. I think it's just like a, a real life, if they were real life humans, just a bully kind of situation. Um, but if any of you listeners out there know anything about this, I know James is a member of the Facebook fan group. So go ahead and post something in there. It's just Oddity Files fan group on Facebook because I'd love to help them out. I really would. This poor woman. It, it, it took over her bird. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, yeah, she was apparently a pain in the ass, but that doesn't mean she has to be enslaved and forced to kill herself. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Yeah, so. that piece, that piece feels insane. And I, I would love for a paranormal investigator to actually go in and try to try to dig deeper and figure it out. Mm -hmm. um, if only there was a university that people could go to to become you know. paranormal investigators. They could do it everywhere. But I would be curious. I would be very curious. That's crazy. Pup. Paranormal University people. I, I don't know. Sponsored by Chewy. 
But guys, help James out. Head on over to the Facebook fan group if you know anything about this or have heard stories about this. I'd like to help this young couple so they feel a little better because I'm sure they're a little freaked out right now. Yeah. I need to thank our podcast producers, Donald Blanchflower, Ryan Hoke, and Doug Malden-Locke. You guys, check us out on all the stuff and all the things. It's flow.page slash oddityfiles. You can find Nick on the Instagram at I am Nick Floyd. I'm Kitsy Duncan on all the stuff and all the things. We appreciate the fuck out of all y'all. Weird is the new cool. Ghost on. Bye-bye. It went a little longer. That's okay. I thought it went. Oddity Files is part of the Just What I Needed Network. We hope we're just what you needed. The podcast is brought to you by the Oddity Files TV show. Have you heard of it? Have you watched it? Head on over to Amazon Prime Video and check out Oddity Files, a three-season investigative paranormal show. Music provided by James Grice. Please support us via Patreon, patreon.com slash oddityfiles. Give a little, give a lot. It helps support the podcast. And we appreciate our producers, Donald Blanchflower, Doug Malden-Locke, and Ryan Hoke. We have a merch store. Can't get enough of Oddity Files? Wear us on your body. tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files. Please support our partners. Every little bit helps. Rate, review, and subscribe, especially on Apple Podcasts. It's what helps us get the word out there. And you know, we can always use a new weirdo or two. Come hang out with us on our Facebook fan group. Just search Oddity Files fan group. All kinds of fun stuff. You can win things. You can read memes. You can buy cool shit. Thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate you more than you'll ever know. Okay. Go. I'm done. What are you still doing here? Just get out of here. God, I love Ferris Bueller.